the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob Fratz Authority on AM 1420. The Answer. It is indeed hour number two underway now at eight minutes past ten o'clock on this Tuesday morning, the fourth morning of the month of September in the year of our Lord 2018. Just spending the news break, watching the confirmation hearings and listening to obstruction and resistance and uh, hypocrisy, I guess, at their highest orders, all expressed by the Democrats who are trying to stop the Kavanaugh confirmation hearings from even getting started. This is their goal. Their goal is to stop this from even getting started. They're trying to raise all kinds of, of appearances of impropriety, that Donald Trump is embroiled in scandal. He's an unindicted co-conspirator. He doesn't have the right to name a Supreme Court justice yet. They gave us documents too late. We don't have to. We don't have time to review them. Everything they can to try to push this thing off until after the November elections. And then when they get control, they hope of the Congress to be able to impeach Donald Trump and not let him fill this Supreme Court vacancy. It is simply embarrassing to watch. Highly entertaining, I will say that, but simply embarrassing and infuriating all at the same time. Peter Kersenow is a Cleveland attorney. He is, of course, a member of the United States Commission on Civil Rights. He's also the host of the Kersenow Report. You hear each and every week here on AM 1420, The Answer. Peter, good morning, sir. How are you? Doing great, Bob. 46 days to the World Series. Um, Indeed. I like, I like the idea that they acquired Josh Donaldson. I'm not sure that he's going to be able to contribute, but if he can, that's a big bet. Indeed. Uh, and, and hopefully he can. I don't know how healthy he's going to be, but... Uh, Time will tell. Pete, I'm watching 
and reading uh, the coverage. Obviously, while I'm on the air, I can't watch it, but I'm looking at uh, coverage of it, of the transcripts. And uh, this is really an embarrassing thing, what I'm watching right now. They are trying to to suggest that they need all four or 500,000 pages of documents from Brett Kavanaugh's time as a White House attorney in the Bush administration to determine his competency and and his qualifications to sit on the Supreme Court. Rather than taking the 12 years he has spent on an appeals uh, or an appellate court bench and using that as a as a determining factor as to whether or not he's qualified to be a jurist um, on the Supreme Court, they want to look back at his time in the White House. They're just doing everything they can to obstruct and to delay, hoping they don't ever have to have a vote on this guy. Yeah, I think um, I think that they have actually, Bob. I, I somewhat disagree with you, which is a rarity, but I don't think they're actually trying to delay this. I think they think it's inevitability. They know they don't have the votes. They know that several people in their own caucus are going to vote for Kavanaugh, and they have no smoking guns, and one's not going to emerge. I really think that this is about performance art. Each one of those Democratic senators wants to demonstrate to their constituency that they are, in the fact, the most rabid anti-Trump or anti-Trump administration person out there. This is really more about the 2018-2020 election and to develop a body of work and a narrative to give to their friends and acolytes in the media, which consists of 90% of the media, so they can run with it and engage in more histrionics you know, uh, in the evening shows for the next several weeks or months to come. So I think that's really what this is about. They know they don't have the votes in the Senate to to stop this. They know that they're not going to take over the Senate, um, you know, in the 2018 election. But it really is about getting more of the vote out, getting people all ginned up, getting the base fired up. So I think that's the, the true motive here. And it's 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 really reprehensible. There was a time, and I remember it, when we had a more honorable debate, a real substantive debate about our Supreme Court justices. And then that changed, as we all know, with uh, Kennedy's um, treatment of Robert Bork, a finer jurist you're never going to find. And it's gotten progressively worse since then. Uh, it's, uh, I, you know, I've been involved in, I'm not involved in this one directly, but I've been involved in the last five confirmation battles of Supreme Court justices. And each subsequent one got more radical and rabid and less substantive. Uh, At the end of the day, each one of those justices was confirmed, but it exacted a price in terms, not just in terms of political comity, and that's with an I-T-Y, not E-D-Y, although that would be easy to to mistake. (laughs) But, um, But in terms of the veneration in which we hold our institutions, which is at an all time low, you can't hold any of our institutions in high regard when the people within those institutions are acting like school children. And that's no insult to school children. I think I'm actually kind of, uh, uh, school children actually act a little bit better than that. Pete, um, okay, I'm, I may give you some, 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 some points there on, on, on the, the idea of being the most anti-Trump person and putting on this performance art, but I still feel like they don't have to win the Senate. All they have to do is win the House. I feel like there's a delay tactic going on here. They are desperate. That's why they're complaining about the 42,000 pages that were released last night, um, which, of course, is impossible for them to, uh, to, to work through uh, in advance of the hearing today. 
and, and they're trying to get this thing stopped because all they have to do is win the House. The moment they win the House, the first order of business is somebody motion, makes a motion for impeachment. It's seconded, and now they can legitimately say there should be no confirmation hearings for any justice appointed by somebody who is facing impeachment. Uh, and, and that's why, I mean, if you ask them what their biggest regret is in losing the election, uh, with Hillary Clinton, you know, they, their taxes, I suppose they could say. I mean, there's a number of things that can complain about the Iran deal being torn up, but they're going to say that Justice, uh, that uh, Justice Gorsuch is on the court and they can't have a second conservative on the court given the fact um, you know, that uh, some of the issues that they care most about, Second Amendment issues, trying to repeal that, uh, Roe versus Wade, which they're trying to save. I think that's their biggest their biggest regret is that they have lost one, and now they can't let it be two seats on the court if there's a chance of stopping it. Well, they clearly, if they have a mechanism by which to stop it, they eagerly will do so. I think some of the smarter people on the Senate Judiciary Committee, the smarter Democrats on the Senate Judiciary Committee, Schumer, let me stop there. Um, <laughs> but um, I think they recognize that no matter what they do, they're not going to be able to stop this. There's no smoking gun out there. They would have found one by now. Uh, there have been millions and millions and millions of dollars and in, in hundreds of thousands of man hours expended in trying to find that smoking gun. They don't have it. So they're going to try to throw up as much flack as possible, try to harm Donald Trump as much as possible, try to forward this um, resistance rhetoric as much as possible. Stopping Kavanaugh is not going to happen unless they find something that we haven't heard about to this point, and believe me, the, the vetting that goes through this process is so extraordinary that they would have found it long ago. It's not going to happen. Or unless he makes a gigantic gaffe in the course of the confirmation hearing, which will not happen. This guy's been preparing for this virtually his entire adult life, and he's been preparing for it intensely over the last several months. So none of those things are going to happen. You know, look, that's not to say that they're not holding out hope that something might occur. Uh, but they're in bad shape. Look, they were applauding when Harry Reid got rid of the filibuster. They're no longer applauding now. And as Barack Obama famously said, elections have consequences. The left applauded that line now, and now the entire resistance is organized around the fact that they don't want any consequences to the fact the American people chose someone other than Hillary Clinton. And you're exactly right. This is a huge deal for them. You can look at their faces and see how they are. It is beyond belief for them that they are going to. We're going to finally have a conservative court. We don't have to worry about what Anthony Kennedy had for breakfast that morning, and much of the loonier things that the left wants to promote cannot happen when it comes up against a Supreme Court that will. In most cases, and I'm not going to, you know, say that this is going to be a perfect court, but in most cases, is going to abide by the rule of law. Peter Kirstenau is our guest, and that's what this is all about. Is It's about the rule of law, and it's about the Constitution. I said this in my open to the show today, uh, Pete, and I want to get your thoughts on it, that, that Justice or Judge Kavanaugh, hopefully soon to be Justice Kavanaugh, would be well served, in my opinion, uh, by memorizing what Ruth Bader Ginsburg said in 1993. In her opening statement, she said, quote, a judge sworn to decide impartial, Im- I'm sorry, a judge sworn to decide impartially can offer no forecasts, no hints, for that would show not only disregard for the specifics of the particular case, it would display disdain for the entire judicial process. End quote. She said that, and then when asked later on about a specific question about constitutional protections against discrimination based on sexual orientation, she repeated, quote, no hints, 
no forecasts, no previews, end quote. And as we know, she was, she was confirmed almost unanimously. Now, I right. know that, and, 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 but, but I mean, is that not exactly right? I, I don't like her, but she's right. That is, that is exactly what a justice is, or a judge is supposed to do in these hearings is indicate, no, I have not prejudged Roe v. Wade if there is a new challenge to it that is brought before me. No, I have not prejudged how I'm going to rule on a Second Amendment case that I've never even heard yet. This is exactly what Kavanaugh should say, and it's what they're going to kill him for saying if he does. Right. And, you know, Ginsburg distilled precisely what judges have known for decades and decades. And in fact, you have to be impartial and can't even hint at impartiality because of the damage that does to the the fabric of the institution. Because litigants coming before a judge, in addition to the judge being impartial, litigants must believe the judges are going to be impartial. And so to give any kind of a hint as to how or where you're leaning in a particular matter in a particular policy debate should be disqualifying in that particular in that specific instance but that's what they're going to demand from him even the republicans collins and murkowski they're going to demand a hint as to what you're going to do about roe v wade if it ever comes before you and if he gives them that answer like you said it's disqualifying if he doesn't they're going to say he has something to hide and i can't trust him Right, and you know, and that's going to be a political show. Yeah, they they hope to trip him up, but he's way too smart to do that, and they hope that by doing that, again, it'll feed the Rachel Maddows and the uh, rest of the cable news show hosts who will take that ball and run with it, just as you've just described. He's got something to hide, or he's going to overturn Roe versus Wade without the case even coming before him. They are going to try to trash him as much as possible for twofold purpose. The mo- some of the most despicable ones will do it to. To delegitimize the court so that the polity will believe that the court is illegitimate and any rulings coming therefrom is illegitimate. That's the resistance. That's a significant part of the crowd that wants to delegitimize various institutions because it's not under their control. But the, the overarching reason is for the politics to give grist to those who want to you know, wave an issue, a bloody shirt around, to enhance the prospects that Democrats are going to retake the House and Senate, to elevate various candidates who are thinking about running for office. Watch the, those who you know um, are going to be running for the 2020 Democratic nomination. Those are the ones who are going to be the best indicators of where the, the mindset is among the Democrats and the left generally. And it's going to be a big show Kavanaugh will navigate successfully through it. He's smarter than anybody up there. He's been training for this, as I indicated, for a long, long time and preparing for this specific circumstance from who knows when. But it's, it's been intense, and he'll do an outstanding job. And the good news here, though, is the substantive one. We are going to now have a conservative court, and many of the things that many of us have been railing about um, – one of the biggest things is the growth of the administrative state because of certain Supreme Court just, uh, decisions that have allowed it to do so and taken the governance of the American people out of our very hands by unelected bureaucrats in the administrative state. That will be curbed, I think, to a not inconsiderable extent with the addition of Judge Kavanaugh. Peter Kirsten now joining us on AM 1420. The answer, the Kavanaugh hearings are underway. There have been motions, multiple motions made by Democrats to delay these hearings from even getting underway. Chuck Grassley, the uh, uh, judiciary chairman, has said no to that. So this will proceed today and we'll continue to follow. We'll get more thoughts from Peter on that. And also Colin Kaepernick, the new face of Nike. We'll get Peter's thoughts on that as we continue as well on AM 1420. The answer.
1025 now we continue on AM 1420 The Answer with Peter Kersenow, Cleveland attorney, member of the U.S. Commission on Civil Rights, the author of Target Omega and Second Strike. Get Second Strike in hardcover right now. Target Omega is out in paperback as well. Pete, Colin Kaepernick, uh, this, you saw this yesterday. I mean, this has just exploded in the news cycle. I just had Kurt Schlichter from Town Hall on about this. It's exploded online as well. There are massive numbers of calls to boycott Nike, massive numbers of left-leaning activists praising Nike over this. I, I just I'm, I, I don't understand how they think this works and how they think this can win, given the fact that um, the NFL ratings are going down and have ever since Colin Kaepernick started the kneeling before the flag trend to now honor him as the face of their new campaign. I feel like Nike just doesn't understand what mainstream America has told the NFL, and they're going to tell them very, very directly when it comes to shoe sales. I, yeah, that's right, Bob. You know, what's amazing to me is uh, whoever the shareholders of Nike are, I would be asking who the heck is running this company. Because you saw, as you indicated, what happened with the NFL, they've had anywhere from a 7 to 9-point decline in television ratings, and you can just look at the NFL stadiums, not just the Cleveland Browns, but but stadiums of uh, teams that have been successful, and you see tons and tons of empty seats that you never saw before, and no matter what kind of excuses the NFL may want to give or any of the uh, pro-Colin Kaepernick supporters want to give, we all know the reason for it. Just ask people why they're not going. You're talking to a lifelong NFL fan, a guy who's played football high school through college. You know, if, if somebody gave me a free ticket, I'd never miss it. And for the first time last year, I, didn't, I can't even remember. Again, of course, we're watching the Cleveland Browns of last year, but I can't remember um, any given game that I really watched. Uh, and when I were, was offered tickets from friends, I simply declined. I, it just took the air out of me. So to follow that pattern is the height of corporate malfeasance. Who's running that show? In addition to that, let's get to the substance of it. It's just astonishing to me that no one pauses and it tells you the kind of echo chamber that exists at the highest level of corporate America. For those who think that corporate America leans right I want to dis- disabuse them of that notion. 70 to 80% of corporate America is left, gives money to the Democrats, believes in all of this social justice stuff that is based on a tissue of lies. As an example. Thank you for saying the- that. Not enough people are saying that. The, whole, the fabric of everything that Colin Kaepernick says he's pro to when he tries to say it's not about the flag, it's not about the veterans, it's about uh, you know policing and, and mistreatment of blacks in America, the, ba- the very basis of that is, 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 is just fundamentally wrong it's just incorrect it's not real it's a it's a fairy tale and that's the worst part about it nobody will say it colin kaepernick may not be smart enough to get it but people who ostensibly have gotten college degrees maybe even mbas and have existed in the world for a while should be able to get it and the fact that they don't makes me worried about whether or not if they can't figure that out if they can figure out the core of their own business look Kaepernick, or the ad that Nike has come up with that, you know, of course, they're going to get plaudits from the people they hang out with. But yeah. as, you know, Laura Ingram said, shut up and sing. And the other guy wrote a book called Republicans Buy Sneakers, too. They have completely said to half of America or more that, you know, we really don't care about you. But I don't think that they consciously did that. I think they just don't know because they exist in their own world. And that's bad enough. But Colin Kaepernick or the ad campaign from Nike says, uh, believe in something, even if it means sacrificing everything. Now, what a vacuous <laughs> phrase, first of all. But believe in what? And that's the key. That's what no one 
ever addresses at any of these talk shows. You and I have, Bob. But the, the ostensible believing in something is the something that Colin Kaepernick says is the disproportionate targeting of black males by cops. The whole Ferguson, Michael Brown, hands up, don't shoot narrative is what inspired all this in the Black Lives Matter movement, and everything under that movement is false. That is, that blacks are being disproportionately targeted by, by white cops. I have said this a million times over on your show, on Tucker's show, wherever I can. The stats are there. They are unequivocal. It is very, very clear. And not, not only are those stats uh, uh, there, uh, Pete, and i got to interrupt you so we can get to our news. I only have you for a couple of minutes on the other side. So hold your th- stats there. I've got other stats, and we'll pick this up on the other side of the news. Peter Kirsten now stays with us for one more shorty right here on AM 1420, The Answer. Courtney Donahoe, Bloomberg Radio. 1033 now, the Bob France Authority c- continues. I've only got Peter Kirsten now for five more minutes, so let's take advantage of this, Pete. I had to cut you off as you were about to start talking about stats. Colin Kaepernick's um, often repeated uh, uh, you know, diatribe and narrative about uh, the, the oppression of black Americans by police officers just simply is it, it's, it's, it's wrong. It's false. It's, it's not true. It's a lie. It's dishonest. And I know you've got numbers to prove that. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, we've got this narrative that's been perpetuated for a couple of years now. The media still talks about it. You have people on MSNBC still raising their hands when that was disproven about the hands up, don't shoot. None of that actually occurred. The shooting, remember, this is the Obama Justice Department, the Obama Justice Department that said the entire meme with respect to Michael, Michael Brown and Ferguson was false. But when you dig deep into the data, ostensibly Colin Kaepernick and by extension Nike and others are signing on to the proposition that black males especially are being disproportionately shot by white cops. It's true that black males are two and a half times more likely to be shot by cops than are white males. However, that vastly understates what would otherwise be predicted by black involvement in crime. Cops aren't just going out and shooting random suspects, for example. Blacks two and a half times more likely to be shot by cops. But let's take the city of Chicago, and I've got all kinds of stats. I'll just give you Chicago because it's famous in this regard. In Chicago, blacks are 16 times more likely to commit murders, 42 times more likely to commit robberies, and 80 times to be involved in a shooting, even if it doesn't result in a homicide, than are whites. So in other words... That type of activity or conduct would be the kind that would elicit a police response, and the fact that blacks are shot only two and a half times more than white suspects, despite the fact that involvement in crime is so much more, almost exponentially more than it is for white suspects, tells you that the narrative that meme is false. We could go on and on with that, but remember this. If he's going to kneel for anything... When he says, you know, blacks are two and a half times more likely to be shot than, than whites are. And let's presume for the moment that it's not because black involvement in crime is greater. Cops are 18 and a half times more likely to be shot and killed by black suspects than by white suspects. Maybe he should be kneeling for the cops who are being shot. Someone wow. needs to ask Colin Kaepernick these questions if he's able to answer them. They never do. But more importantly, Bob, is heck with Colin Kaepernick, okay? He's a 30-year-old millionaire who apparently, according to Nike, has sacrificed everything 
I'd like to know what he sacrificed. He's just signed himself a lucrative endorsement deal. He's had others. He's being lionized by so many in the media, and he has millions of dollars for playing a child's game. I love the game. I wish I could play it at that level, but it's a child's game. And he sacrificed everything? This is, this, somebody ask him, please, that well, question. Not, not only that, but Pete, if, he, he made $60 million in, from the National Football League before he, quote-unquote, started sacrificing. Is he giving that back? Because he made $60 million, then suddenly says, now I'm going to have this, uh, this activist career, and now he's making millions more from Nike. No, there is no sacrifice. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, you know, there are people who have made sacrifices. And the people who made those sacrifices, you never see them kneeling before the flag. They made those sacrifices defending the flag. And those people weren't being paid millions for doing so. They don't get their photo on the cover of some Sports Illustrated spread or to promote Nike or any of these other great social justice wearers who feel good about themselves for virtue signaling to their cohorts. Um, well said. The, 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 this is going to hurt Nike. Their sales are going to go down, just as you indicated, with respect to the NFL and everybody else who takes this tack, because, you know what, we're, we're sick of the insults, and please, somebody interview Colin Kaepernick or any of these other individuals who, uh, there are a lot of them, who purposely forward this false narrative for political advantage, but someone please interview him and ask him about those stats and then see him babble about it. I want to see that. It should be called to account because I gave you the stats with respect to cops being murdered, cops being ambushed and assassinated, and it's still occurring. There are real-world consequences to forwarding this false narrative. People suffer as a result of this. Peter Kersenow laying it out. Pete, I know you've got to go. You're on a very tight window here, so I'm going to let you loose, but thank you for the great information. I knew you had the numbers that we needed to hear. Thank you so much. We'll talk again soon. Thanks, Bob. Take care. You got it. Peter Kersenow joining us. It's 1039. We'll stay here for a few. Uh, but Peter did have to get out. He had a very important call. It's amazing this number of jobs this guy has. I don't know how he's able to do any of them, let alone all of them, and still fit in uh, our interview time. So really appreciate that, Pete. I uh, had to save him from himself there. Otherwise, he would have kept going and missed his uh, important conference so, um, yeah, the, the part of the part about that that I hadn't even considered, and, he's, and it's true, because Peter has presented those numbers on this program before. And in fact, <clears throat> I've seen him on uh, on Fox News on Tucker's show giving the the very same statistics about not just the number of of um, uh, the proportion of African Americans shot by police officers to the proportion of white Americans shot by police officers especially relative to, relative to the amount of violent crime committed by both racial demographics, which he, his point was spot on. It, it's just, there, there's just no other way to see it. And the bottom line is African-Americans proportionally have far more contacts with police officers by virtue of the fact that they're committing far, far, far more of the violent crimes. 13% of the population commits over 50% of the murders. 13% of the population commits over 70% of the, the violent assaults and robberies. It, it, you're going to be involved with more police interactions when you when your your particular demographic is in that. That's just there's nothing that can be done about that other than stop it, stop it, stop committing those crimes. Have far less encounters with police officers that are far less than likely to result in some sort of a uh, a lethal altercation. That's number one. Pete's numbers there, but the ones that I don't think about are and and it's very very true. The number of cops that are shot. In America today, by suspects, 
either by ambush where it's intentional or the suspect freaks out, uh, realizes, you know, they're being pulled over for a traffic violation and they've got warrants. And so they just kind of shoot on a, on a spur of the moment decision to, to, to flee in order to uh, avoid, you know, going back to jail if there's warrants out for them, all these kinds of things. You know, and that's why cops are being shot. And the statistics that Peter just gave are, are extraordinary to know and important to know that cops are shot by black suspects far more than they are by white suspects. And sadly, as a result, they are far less likely to engage with their own firearms with black suspects. First of all, they don't want to get shot themselves. Second of all, they know that the narrative in the media today is white cop shoots black suspect. Uh, white cop is, is, is in serious trouble. It, it's just that simple, whether it was justified or not. I mean, Darren Wilson was, was found to be justified, as Peter talked about, by the Obama Eric Holder Justice Department. They tried everything they could to take Darren Wilson down so that they could continue to lionize Michael Brown and try to make him the hero, the hero victim, and make Darren Wilson the racist uh, 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 you know, cop who shoots uh, black people who have their hands up and are surrendering in broad daylight. They tried everything they could to get that guy. But all of the evidence, not some of the evidence, all of the evidence proved, forensic and otherwise, that he did nothing wrong. And yet Darren Wilson's life is ruined. Ruined. Nobody has seen hide or hair of him now for two or three years. He can't get a job as a police officer again. Probably wouldn't want one. What's he going to do? It's the only thing he's ever known in his life was law enforcement. He's in hiding. Because he's still targeted by many who believe that what he did was wrong. I mean, so the point is, they're, 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 the racial demographics and the crime statistics, when you add them all together, just put everything into the mix proves beyond the shadow of a doubt that Colin Kaepernick is lying. Everything he claims to stand for is a, is a joke. It's a fraud. It's, 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 it's phony. He's pretending to stand up and care for black lives and black oppression in America, yet he hasn't said word one about Chicago, where, if you're keeping score at home, they, in the, how old is the month of September now? This is day four. There have already been 25 people shot in Chicago this month. 25. Guess what? 90% of them are black, and 90% of the trigger uh, uh, trigger men, the people who've pulled the, the triggers, are black also. Is he there trying to stop black oppression from other black people? No. Is he there trying to, to meet with gang leaders? And to try to get them to stop this because they're killing their, their, their own families, their own selves? No, not a word. Because if he did that, it wouldn't land him on the cover of Sports Illustrated. If he did that, it wouldn't give him this new Nike campaign. But if he protests police officers, and if he does so during the national anthem and the presentation of the flag, and he says, I cannot respect that anthem and that flag because of what's going on in this country, well, suddenly he's a social justice celebrity, and now he can cash in on it. I happen to agree with Jason Whitlock. I brought that up to Kurt Schlichter. I happen to agree with Jason Whitlock, who said this has been his plan from the giddy-up, from Jump Street, from the get-go, from the beginning, however you want to phrase that. 
He knew there was money at the end of this social justice rainbow. Why do you think he didn't want to go back and play in the NFL? One of the biggest lies in the Colin Kaepernick world and in this saga of Colin Kaepernick, one of the biggest fairy tales is that he wants to play quarterback again and the league won't let him. He's got a lawsuit against the National Football League and all 32 owners claiming collusion, that they have all colluded with one another to say none of us will sign him. None of us sign him because we don't like him. And we don't want him, but we don't want his social justice stuff here, and, and it's only going to be a bad thing for the league, blah, blah, blah. He, 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 he is trying to convince people and has successfully convinced people that he still wants to play football and that they won't let him. He doesn't want to play football anymore. He's not good at it. If anything, he would have to go to work every day and prepare and not play because he would be only a backup quarterback in today's NFL. He's not good. He had one great year about six years ago, in which he went to the Super Bowl. Coached by Jim Harbaugh. It was the only really good year he ever had. Harbaugh left. Kaepernick went in the tank. And then I know this, you know, this may not be a massive you know, football X's and O's audience, so bear with me as I just try to say this. There's something called in the NFL or in football called the zone read. It means great athletic quarterbacks, guys who are decent passers but fantastic runners. They do a zone read. In other words, they take the ball and the offensive line blocks it as if it's going to be a run and a pass. They don't go downfield. And so the quarterback essentially uh, has his choice of giving the ball off or running it himself or throwing it. It's really tough to defend if you've got a great, great athlete at that position. Well, guess what? The NFL figured out how to defend it. The, nobody runs the zone read anymore. Colin Kaepernick ran it really well. NFL defenses figured out how to stop it. Once they figured out how to stop it and he had to be just a plain old passer, he wasn't good enough at it. He doesn't want to go back into the league to be a backup somewhere. The Seattle Seahawks offered him an opportunity to come in for a tryout to join their team just last offseason. He made sure to announce publicly that when he goes to Seattle to, uh, uh, to talk with them, he is going to inform them that he plans to continue his protesting. Why do you think he did that? To get Seattle to do exactly what Seattle did. They canceled the workout. They said, no, we're not about that. We want you to come here and talk about football and play football, not about this advancing your cause on our dime and our time. He sabotaged his own chance at a tryout. Why do you think when he goes to press conferences, he wears uh, shirts indicating police officers as, as uh, slave catchers? Every time he has an opportunity to publicly present himself as somebody who wants to play football, he presents himself as somebody who wants to be an activist, knowing full well it'll do what? It'll scare the football teams away. And then he can claim, I've been colluded against. I've been blackballed from the league. No. He's intentionally sabotaging any chance he ever has to play football so that he can win a multi-million dollar judgment against the league for collusion and so that he can get what he just got, which is a massive multi-million dollar contract from Nike to be the face of their sacrifice campaign. He's a fraud. It's a fraud. The entire thing is an affront to all things decent. And if you have any plans on buying athletic apparel in the near or distant future, I cannot tell you strongly enough to find an Under Armour outlet near you or find the Under Armour section of the, of the uh, sports store. Under Armour is made in the United States. It's a Baltimore-based company. They put out f- fantastic products, 
every bit as good as Nike. And even though Adidas is a German company, I would still tell you to go find Adidas products over the swoosh products as well. Why? Because what's the difference? Nike might be a quote-unquote American company, but 99% of what they make is made in China. It's made overseas. So it doesn't matter anyway. But by all means, I would advise you, the next time you're ready for athletic apparel, let Nike know how you feel by avoiding the swoosh. Embrace the UA of Under Armour. Embrace Adidas and their stripes. Embrace some, some other company that isn't going to be rewarded for smacking America in the face by giving us Colin Kaepernick as a spokesman. Simply reprehensible. All right, uh, it's 1049. We'll go to your phone calls right after this on AM 1420, The Answer. Ten fifty three, final segment of the Bob France Authority from Cleveland for the next few days. Tomorrow I will be live once again from Washington, D.C., broadcasting from FAIR, the Federation for American Immigration Reform, the Hold Their Feet to the Fire event uh, 2018. We will be talking with lawmakers. We will be talking with Border Patrol people. We will be talking with um, ICE agents. We will be talking with go- or, uh, uh, angel families, rather. Uh, and we will indeed be demanding that the people that we sent to Washington, D.C. do what we sent them to do, which is to give us comprehensive immigration reform. And what does that mean? Comprehensive immigration reform does not mean more amnesty. It doesn't mean more DACA. What it means is secure borders, E-verify, no more chain migration, no more visa diversity lottery, and build us the doggone border wall. That's what it means. So I'll be broadcasting live from D.C. tomorrow and Thursday. Make sure you tune in. Do not miss any of the interviews that we've got scheduled. They are going to be very, very important. Um, Donnie in Euclid, you're on AM 1420. The answer. Go ahead, Donnie. Bob, first of all, have a good, safe trip. And I, and I can't wait to hear the things that are going to be on your program the next couple of days. Number two, I'll wait until fr- uh, Friday to talk about uh, your subject with Peter this morning. I just have to say that I've been watching these these confirmation hearings begin, and to me, this is probably as bad. It, I, I hope that this is an, uh, uh, an indication of what it's going to be during the entire hearing because this is as bad. I started getting into this back when Judge Bork and Judge Clarence Thomas were being conferred, and this is horrible, and this is just the first hour and a half alone before Grassley even got a chance to make his opening statement. Right. Because of nothing but obstruction. That is exactly right. And and what's even more interesting and, and disturbing, quite frankly, about this, and thanks very much for the call, for the call Donnie, oh, what's fine. even more disturbing is this isn't organic. This isn't like people just got there and felt outrage and had to speak out or whatever. This was coordinated. I, I, I read a tweet a few moments ago uh, from an NBC. So this is not some partisanship against Democrats. It's NBC, an NBC reporter 
who said she has been told that Democrats have been rehearsing their protests along with not only the interruptions of actual Democrat members of the Senate, but also the protesters who were there in attendance. They have coordinated with one another to, to be able to, uh, to obstruct this and do everything they can to make it a circus and force a delay. Even if it's a delay by a few days, then they'll do it again, et cetera, et cetera. They're going to try their best to obstruct and, uh, and stop this confirmation hearing from ever happening because they know he's going to get confirmed. He's going to get confirmed. They cannot stop that, so the only thing they can do is try to delay it to the point where, as I said to Peter Kirstenau before, uh, it gets pushed back after the uh, midterm elections, and then they can say, we won the election, we're going to impeach, and since an impeached president cannot proclaim, uh, or excuse me, cannot nominate a justice, we will hold no hearings for Brett Kavanaugh then. Navy man Norm, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Go ahead, Norm. Great minds think alike, uh, thanks to Donnie. He stole most of my thunder. I was so livid watching this zoo, and that's exactly what it is, Bob. It was a Democrat zoo with screaming protesters talking over Senator Grassley didn't get into his opening statement for 10 seconds until they jumped all over him, starting with Kamala the Cow Harris and a few of the others. But I'm glad that they are doing this. I really mean it, because it shows the American people the fools and the horses, you know what, that they're making of themselves, and it's giving ammunition, more ammunition, to President Trump when he says, do you see what I'm dealing with, these obstructionists, these, you know, the resistance? Right. I mean, this this should be, I'm glad it's on TV, because if the American people see this and say, what the hell is this? Is this a third world uh, hovel, you know, or is this the United States of America? The but other thing that, the, the other thing that, though here too, norm throw this in there too is that people need to know exactly how you know fraudulent it is and by what by that i mean blumenthal is one of the examples he said uh before you know in one of the interruptions we need more time to review documents in a deliberative and thoughtful manner as if we're going to try to consider this guy deliberately de- deliberately and thoughtfully this is the same blumenthal who said in july Quote, Judge Kavanaugh, you don't belong in this building as a justice. You should not be serving in this building as a Supreme Court justice. I will be a no vote. They decided he was a no vote before his name was announced, and now they want us to be convinced at their, at their little dog and pony show that they'll be thoughtful and deliberative. Yeah, well, them and their little courts with double up on them, they didn't even know who was going to be uh, nominated by the exactly. protesting. Yeah. I mean, but, but Bob, you know what? Navy man, Norm, I got I got to go, my friend, because I'm up against it. And again, I will uh, be talking to you next from Washington, D.C., tomorrow morning, broadcasting live from Capitol Hill, where we will hold their feet to the fire. Do not miss tomorrow's program. Stay where you are, because Mike Gallagher is coming up next right here on AM 1420. The answer. We'll talk to you tomorrow from D.C. Bye-bye. Enjoy the silence. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.